The Octane Fuel Your Fire podcast is brought to you by Gatorade Endurance and the DFW Tri Club. Go to dfwtriclub.com and dfwtriclub.com slash calendar to choose from over 1,000 coached workouts every year. Sign up today at DFW Tri Club. And we are also brought to you by Gatorade Endurance. Anyone can go the extra mile. Gatorade Endurance is for the people who want to go the extra five miles. It's got more carbs, calories, and electrolytes to help meet endurance athletes' needs. It's going to be the on-site nutrition for Ironman for the next three years. Available at specialty retail stores at fuelbelt.com and at Amazon. So go out and try some Gatorade Endurance. It's uh, episode 21, Michael. Yeah. Uh, Randy's in some godforsaken place. Like Oklahoma, somewhere, oh, I think. Or I've heard of Oklahoma. Louisiana. Or, if he's in Louisiana, I don't feel bad for him because they have good food there. Mm. Oh, don't you dare say that Louisiana food's not good. Overrated. Overrated. You're, you're nuts. Yeah. Sorry. I love Cajun food. You don't like Cajun food? Uh, look. Crawfish is the devil. Yeah, it's very meh. When I hear a crawfish boil, some people just go crazy. All I think about is, I can drink some beer. That's about it. I I used to be that way about crawfish because, listen, I'm inherently lazy. (laughs) It's too much work. And the bang to hype ratio on the crawfish tail to what it takes to get to that crawfish tail (laughs) is way out of whack. I I find myself eating more of the potatoes and more of the corn corn. than I am actually eating crawfish. And it just smells and ugh. You know who loves it? My son, dude, but but he would. That's I mean, because you know why he likes it because it's a pain in the ass. That's why. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> but dude, he tears it up, man. Yeah. Matt um, Pittman, <clears throat> who I don't know if you've met him yet, but he's one of my best friends. He has a big boil every year, and Austin does not want to miss it. Loves it. Like yeah. asks me all the time, "When's Matt having his crawfish boil?" Which, by the way, I don't know when Matt is having his crawfish boil because it's past crawfish season, but. It's got to be coming up, but my kid loves it. <clears throat> Me, I like crawfish, but I like them already out of the shell yeah, and prepared yeah. in a different way because I don't want to do the work. See, I like a, like a crawfish etouffee is really good. Mm. I like that. Um, I, a I like, bisque. I like a bisque. Any bisque. A bisque's good. You know? Anything, any, any cream-based soup has got to be good. Right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so but we have a friend of ours from Seattle, and they bring in fresh crab on around Thanksgiving. Yeah. They like hit the her brother drives it down and we and we do this Thanksgiving feast and they cook it all up over the course of the day and we go over and have some beers and hang out. Now crab, I mean, I mean we got these arms that are, you know, three foot long that you're yeah. cracking into, so it's a whole bane to hype, much better. So that's You know who likes crab? Sir Cooper, the nine year old. Yeah. <laughs> he loves going to Papado with his Papa Sammy because he gets to order the crab legs. Because mm-hmm. when he goes there with Dave, no, not so much. We, that's not in the budget. <laughs> we get crab fingers. <laughs> get some crab claws. We get some claws. We don't get no legs. But when he goes with Papa Sammy, he gets the full on experience. Matter of fact, we went Sunday uh, for lunch, and they had literally had king crab legs for lunch. That's awesome. How did how did you like to be nine years old and get king crab legs for lunch? You know, <clears throat> we took we took our son to a restaurant. Um, we didn't realize it was really nice once when he was, I mean, maybe a year old. Yeah. And um, he was just in a high chair. So we pull in, and one of my rugby buddies was a waiter there. And I see him, and I'm like, oh, this place is nice. I mean, I'm like, white tablecloth's kind of nice. And then your, your rugby buddy's the yeah. waiter. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, huh. But, um, but I had, like, we had a T-shirt, you know, T-shirt flip-flops, you know, one-year-old. And, and I'm, I'm standing at the door, and I go, you know, yeah, uh, we're, we're leaving, you know. Not because we were afraid of the cost, but it's, it's a nice place, right? Yeah, you don't want, yeah, you don't want Titus to scream. You don't want a one-year-old losing his mind in the middle of a nice restaurant. So we go in there, and he's like, no, no, it's fine. Dude, come in. Come in. Dude, dude, just come in. I'm like, no, man, Frank, we're good. I appreciate you. And he goes, no, dude, they don't care. It's cool. So we sit down, and it's all, like, seasonal menu, all fresh, all, you know, farm to market. I mean, like, you know, not the fish sticks and... Hamburger Helper I grew up on. It's a Thai sitting there eating this heirloom tomato that's a hothouse heirloom tomato that's like, you know, organic. And uh, and we had the blue cheese crumbles that were from the special farm. 
and this fresh caught copper copperhead uh, or copper can't be copperhead. That's a snake. Co- well, copper copperhead lake or copperhead something some right. some copper something or other salmon and amazing, absolutely amazing fresh food. And I'm sitting there and we're sitting there feeding it to our son and I'm like. Good Lord, we set the bar really high. This is not the Vienna sausages and saltines that I got. I'm telling you, know? you, I had to have the conversation with Coop this past week. I'm like, dude, this isn't real life. Because next summer, <laughs> next summer, we're talking about going to Hawaii, and um, you know, Cooper gets grumpy about something. I don't remember what it was, but I go, I finally look at him. I go, dude, do you know how old I was the first time I went to Hawaii? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I was like thirty. I was 38 last year was the first yeah, time I went to Hawaii. I was so. 30. Yeah. You're going to be 10, and this is the <laughs> second time you're going. Let's get some perspective, young lad. Uh, kids. I mean, yeah, it's crazy. Anyway, this became a food and travel podcast. Yeah, well, quick. we'll start the la- travel and leisure uh, podcast next week. That tells you kind of where my head is at. But it, it speaking of where my head is at, so this podcast is going to be about what something I sent Mike a text about, I think last week late after I threw a tantrum on him. And uh, <laughs> I literally thought you were going to like punch me just because I was close. Uh, no, I would never punch I, you. I, I watched the Avengers the last weekend and I, I saw I saw the, the green guy coming out. Yeah, so I, uh, I sent him a, after I went on my text tirade about something that probably shouldn't have pissed me off the way it did, <laughs> admittedly. Um, I sent him a text, and I think the only thing a text said was hashtag temper, uh, taper tantrum. <laughs> and uh, I thought it was funny and kind of lightened the mood because I was really kind of an asshole. But um, I have been pretty testy the last you couple have. of weeks. Yeah. Um, and so we're going to talk about the taper a little bit because I'm in Texas this Saturday, and uh, I am... Uh, probably less uh, feeling it than I should at this point, but uh, we thought it'd be timely to talk about taper. It's early in the season. Most people haven't had their A race yet, so things to uh, look for uh, in the taper, um, mood swings that happen in the taper. <laughs> uh, and this is, might be an episode that you have your, your significant other listen to because they're going to have to tolerate your ass during the table yeah, because yeah. there's definitely some swings um, not physical swings I haven't gotten to that point yet but uh, there are mood swings so uh, that's what we're going to talk about so Mike you have a couple of pretty funny taper stories actually well, so my my personal taper story um, so keep in mind a couple of things number one I was a rugby player so we didn't taper in rugby we, we trained and we played you know there was never a a lag time. I'd never done anything endurance wide or wise. Um, when I did my marathon, I didn't really taper into it or maybe I kind of did, but I didn't really know what I was doing. So, you know, you're just kind of working out. Went for it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I didn't have that mood swing for my marathon, but for my Ironman, when I did Coeur d'Alene in 2008, um, there's a really, really good book out there. It's called the art of racing in the rain. Um, if you've never read it, it's a story of a dog's life from the dog's perspective. Spoiler alert, the dog is dying when he starts the story. Mm. So you know where, this is going nowhere good. Right. Um, but it's an amazing book. It's it's a fun read. It's so an easy read. you're telling me it's a, it's, a, it's a version of Old Yeller. <laughs> yeah, no. Well, he didn't have to kill him. That's a, but, so I'm, I'm reading this book, um, and, and I started reading it that week. It was actually at Starbucks. And so I bought the book on a lark, and I think I read the first two pages and said, oh, I'm going to buy this book. Anyways, good book to read if you're if you're a dog lover specifically. It's an amazing book if you've had a you know if you've had a really cool dog. Anyways, so I'm reading this book and it's the end of the book. And like I said, the dog tells a story. You know, the very first page, the dog is dying. And so, again, spoiler alert: if you don't, the dog is dying at the end of the book. Right. And it's very sweet. How all I mean, I'm kind of tearing up thinking about it now. Anyways, so. I got bumped up to first class, so I've got this real comfy seat, you know, and I'm, I'm flying into Seattle, because um, I'm going to go to Seattle, to Tacoma, Tacoma, to Coeur d'Alene. So I'm flying into Seattle. I'm at the last, like, three pages of the book. This, you know, and again, it all ties together. You'll probably cry even if you're not tapering. And, and I'm an emotional guy. So I'm flying in. I look out the window, and there's Mount Rainier, and it's all its majestic glory. And I'm just, I mean, I've been grumpy all week, and I've been 
you know, freaking out and whatever, just like normal taper. But this, it all culminated in this event, which was about three, four days before I, before the race. I am literally bawling my eyes out. Like I lost a family member bawling in first class, just snubbing and just like the whole thing. People are looking at me like, oh my God, this guy's crazy. And then I realized that I was crying at the end of this book so silly that I started laughing. So now I'm, <laughs> I've got the cry going, and then I'm starting laughing. So everyone's pretty sure I'm Al-Qaeda at that point. And, and we landed, and I called my wife as soon as I landed. I said, I'm in, I'm in Seattle, and I don't taper well. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, you know, the emotions are there, man. It's a, it's a different animal. So. Yeah, it's been uh, – I, I don't know. I've noticed it a lot more this time than I have in the past. And like you, for the marathon – I just sort of decided I was going to do a marathon, and so I used some online training plan, yeah. no coach, and they don't really. Yeah. They basically have you run until the week before, and mm-hmm. then they have you run a little bit less that week of the right. marathon, then you run. So I didn't really – zero taper. But now this year, and I think it's because the knee shut me down early. Right. I've been tapering, somewhat tapering for like a month. Right. And I'll tell you, man, I, I tell athletes all the time – Try to focus on the work you did do, not the work you didn't do. Like, right. Try not to focus on the missed workout here or there. Or should I have swam, bike, or ran more? Or should I have recovered more? Which was always the answer is right. yes. But I've been like laser focused on not just the workouts I'm missing in the last two weeks of the the last block of training, but you know the seven workouts I missed throughout the training block, right. or whatever it is, and. It's just it's a folk you're focused on the wrong thing like you can't go back in time and change that stuff right but that's where my head has been yeah and it's been driving me crazy i mean to the point where i'm like i'm texting you and i'm texting Raul and like even stephanie i'm sure i'm wearing her out right i'm like i don't know if i can do this yeah now i'm now i'm to this point where you know, you know i'm looking back to the four hour rides i did in the garage in december and i'm like i'm fine yeah. Right. I'm probably going to be fine. It's probably not going to be a banner day. It's going to be hotter than Hades down there. Well, there's no reason to stay Sunday afternoon for the Kona slot this year. Yeah, no. That, the, not this year. There wasn't a reason. <laughs> but anyway. Um, it could roll down. Yeah. About 9,000 <laughs> spots. Um, there are 75 spots and not 50. Outstanding. Yeah. Um, anyway, so my point of bringing all that up is is uh, my focus hasn't been on the right stuff because right. I've been in the taper for longer than I planned. I've been obsessing over, can I get this knee to feel better? Um, you know, hell, you've probably seen some of the stuff I've been posting. Right. I've tried everything, dude. Um, but it's just, it's a reality. I mean, if, you, if you've if you been training and you get an injury late, you are going to, your body's going to put you in a taper sooner than right. you expect. And so you just have to figure out how to deal with that. So there's a couple of bits to that. I think number one, you got to remember that the hay is in the barn. I mean, you actually you're coming off an Ironman and you didn't really have a huge lag time into the next block of training. So you're 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 not. I mean, you're you were Ironman fit four or five months ago. Yeah. So it doesn't fall away. You didn't you didn't quit training for six months and then pick it up the month before. So that's one of the things as far as like keep keeping that consistency. I mean, I go back to my client Brian, who's the Boston Marathon guy. Yeah. He is six hours to seven hours a week at most seven hours. That's the most he worked out the entire buildup into both his qualifyings and his race. And he that's the time he had, but yeah. he was consistent. You've and been consistent. He cranked out at 305. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's proven that it's, you know, we're not the same. But, I mean, you're right. I've, I've been at it a long time, and uh, I haven't missed a whole lot. So, I think your capacity for fitness can be bigger. I think that's the yeah. next phase for you is to really build on that capacity, which means more interval type work. Um, but I, I think the way you're looking at this is a month ago, you would have been peaking, but you wouldn't have been adding any more fitness. Yeah. You know, that's that's you know, you don't add fitness after about your peak week. Whenever you get your key workouts and all that stuff, you're not adding fitness. You're now you're just sharpening the sword. You're making you're going to be faster. Maybe you'll you'll add. A little speed, you'll add a little snap, you'll add a little, um, you know, 
race specificity to yeah. it. But you're There'll not be gonna, an edge there that yeah. You're, maybe, but you're not gonna your fitness. Your fitness doesn't go up from there. It goes down from there. Yeah, and that's one of the, the arts of the taper. I mean, some people can do for Ironman. You need a month taper. Some people need two weeks taper. Some people need three weeks. You kind of go. You, you kind of have to get a feel for it along the way when you're recovering them from their regular weeks. You know, build yeah. them up. You build them up to an Ironman type level. What happens the next week? You know, you can look at their files. You can look at their heart rate. You can get information from them. How do they feel? And that's so you don't actually taper them, but you get a feel for their recovery. And that's that's how I do it. But you're gonna feel bad. I mean, that's the thing about the taper. That's it's universal. You're you're you know you want to try to keep that as minimal as possible. And there's ways to do that. But you're you're gonna feel a little sluggish. You're gonna feel a little anxious. You're gonna feel you know your legs don't have that snap that you 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 feel like they should have when you're not doing all these big work. Yeah, we were talking. You and I were chatting earlier in the week about uh, Andrew. Yeah, and how he's pinging you saying, "Man, I'm feeling this. I'm feeling that." And yeah. I've had that. That's that's a very common thing for yeah. me. So like during the taper, I feel every little pulse right. in my body, like right. every nag that wasn't there because I guess I was so active that just right. wasn't showing itself. Right. When you kind of sh- not shut it down, but when you really back it off the gas, right? Those things, and it's part of the healing process. Right. I know that, but it's it is weird when you feel it. Yeah. It's like where the hell has this been for right. five months, right? Because yeah. you haven't fe- felt it. But that's something that you guys need to be aware of, that you will feel these little nags, these little, right. uh, you know, you'll get this weird crick in your neck or right. this your shoulder will feel impinged in some way. And right. it's, it, it, most likely it's a leg thing because we put more load there than anything. But you will feel f- these weird, you know, these weird kind of sorenesses that you haven't felt, mm-hmm. haven't felt before. And it's really just part of the... The body healing itself and getting you ready. Well, it's like you said. I think it's been masked mm-hmm. because you you stay active, so yeah. you've got other bigger problems that your body feels, like your muscle fatigue or just general malaise or whatever it is. And then you don't have those endorphins hiding that pain right. or that that nagging whatever it is. And again, you're you're backing off. I I would liken this to a drug addict. I mean, especially Ironman or, or longer distance. I mean, when you do sprint, maybe not so much. Olympics, probably not so much. But when you do that half Ironman, Ironman distance, and you start taking away the, the endorphin or the workout hormones you get that are the drug you desire, you right. know, you're having withdrawals. I mean, it's just that's basically what this is, is just withdrawals. Yeah. So <clears throat> walk us through what is happening with our body. Because you've done a lot of homework on this. So well, that's hormone. It, I'm talking like hormone-wise healing. You know, just kind of walk everybody through what is happening during the taper, so they understand a the importance of it, and b not to worry about right. some of these things. Because I think for somebody who's a first timer, especially, you know, they're doing anything for the first time. There's always a heightened nervousness and anxiety, and all right. of a sudden, if I'm feeling weird, that's going to be even worse. So, can you can you take us through that? Well, when you when you work out, you're adding stress to your body your body reacts in one of two ways, either testosterone or cortisol. And, and it's fight or flight. Testosterone is your fight, and cortisol is your flight. So when your body reacts to that, what's happening is, for most people, you're, you're stressing the body, you probably get more of that t- testosterone kind of thing. You're also releasing those endorphins, and I'm putting that in bunny quotes, I don't think it's actual endorphins, I think it's, there's a, 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 a group of, of chemicals that come out. You also, during the stressor period, are adding more capillaries you're adding more muscle you're not adding more muscle but you're strengthening muscle um, when you tear your muscles which is what you do when you work out you're releasing more horm- hormones to fix those muscles and so you got to think about this chemical cocktail that's going through your body on a regular basis for when you if you stay consistent with your training and you're doing big big volume big big stress so all those hormone stressors is the is the big issue muscle fatigue and and, and just general muscle soreness that's kind of part and parcel you actually kind of get used to that and it's just what you know but all these other chemicals that are rolling around your body that the hormones that are actually doing the work are why you feel bad because now you're coming off of that um i was actually reading um another book um by matt dixon and and he's does you know pro coach all that kind of stuff and he said that you know the hormone stress is actually much harder to get over than the muscle fatigue muscle fatigue takes two three days or muscle stress uh, it takes two or three days to repair damage, but it takes you almost a week to two weeks to repair the hormone damage. And that's what actually happens, and especially when you give big efforts in a race scenario, that's why when you get done with a race for seven to ten days, you feel great. Yeah. In fact, you're ready to go again. 
Mm-hmm. And then the tenth day or seventh day or whatever, you can't walk. Like not you're just tired. You don't want to walk. It's not that you can't the other right. ability, but I, I remember, you know, two weeks after my Iron Man, I went for a walk with my wife and I shut it down. I didn't do anything for two weeks. Went for a walk with my wife and I was going up a one percent incline for <laughs> like a hundred feet you and felt I felt like it was Everest. Yeah, I was like, what is going on? I, I, I did know an exactly. Iron Man two weeks ago and now I can't even do but it's 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 your body is like finally going okay now we can truly recover. My aha moment that you had with that was um, after Maryland I went I took like two weeks to try to get everything kind of flushed out and then I went and saw uh, Ron uh-huh. and um, it was it was walking up the one flight of stairs yeah. to Ron's office and I'm like I get to the top and I was like oh my god it felt like I just ran a. 10k seven minutes a mile what is going on here yeah it's that it's the hormones you're 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 fighting through the hormones that's the and you release so many different ones i mean if you want to figure out what it takes to build a capillary that i think there's like six or seven different um hormones that are released to make that happen so it's you just have all these different things going on so that's why i mean it's just it, it it really is the drug addiction is really the best descriptor i mean because you're used to this stuff going through your body and your body's adapting and that's what it does all the time is adapts, adapts, adapts. And then when you shut everything down, your body doesn't know what to do with it. And it's just recovering. It is bouncing back to whatever it, the homeostasis is. It's always moving towards the middle, wherever that is. Right. So if you stress it, it's trying to fix it to make it stronger. Or, you know, if you don't stress it, it says, oh, we don't need this anymore. It's a waste of energy. So that's kind of how it works. Um, and that's kind of what's happening to your body at the end of the day. I mean, it's just you have just so much stuff going on. You know, blood markers from repair. uh from a marathon will stay in your blood for a month. So just imagine what a Iron Man does to it, yeah. you know? So that, that's, that's, that's the reality of it. But, but that's what's happening on the other side because you built up all that volume, you mm-hmm. built up all that stress. You didn't do it all in one day, but you did Iron Man levels for probably, if I already guessed two months yeah. of Iron Man level stress just over the course of five, six, seven days versus one day. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, now you're taking that away. Yeah. So your body's doing exactly what it would do if you were, you know, 10 days out from after an Ironman. Yeah. It's just adaptation. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <clears throat> okay. So that, I think that just kind of helps everybody understand a little bit. I mean, rudimentary science wise, yeah. cause we're not PhDs in this stuff, but, um, it's just important to know that I, I don't know. Let me rephrase it. I think the point of this is those things are normal. Yes. So, when you go through your first taper or you go through your second taper and it's different than the first one, it's just your body going through a different adaptation and it's, it's normal. So don't freak out about it. Well, and think about when you do your second taper, you're a more experienced person. You, mm-hmm. your training is going to be different this time. Your approach is going to be different. Probably your nutrition is going to be different. Um, you know, all those animals at play make for a different, I mean, though you're, you're stressed about, and I'm talking for you so you can correct me, but <laughs> you're stressed about just not getting enough training in because of all the stuff that's happened over the last month. Yeah. But you're not really, the taper is just making it worse, but you're not stressed. You're not really, you're not really stressed about the race. You're stressed about what you didn't do, which yeah. if you think about it, it's kind of funny. I mean, you know, cause everybody has that. Did I do enough to finish this race? Yeah. Even when, I, um, last year, Oceanside, I nailed every workout. Like, I think I missed one workout. Um, and even then I think the doubt that's part of the doubt phase that everybody goes through, I think is, did I, even the work I did, was it enough kind of thing? Then when you compound that with, yeah, well, I did miss this, this, and this, I did have to cut a six a six hour ride short to three hours because the knee just wasn't going to go any longer or whatever. And then the next day I was supposed to go four more hours and I couldn't do that. So yeah, I mean, you're a thousand percent correct. But, but the race itself, you're going to go out there, you're going to set up your transition. You're going to put your bags in transition. You're going to go do, and it's, it's just, it's a day, it's a day at work. Yeah. And that's, and that's the thing that's probably different for other people, especially first timers. I mean, you know, your eyes are this big around, your heart races when you hear the word Iron Man. I mean, right now, everybody, <laughs> if they had a heart rate monitor, it went up 10 beats, right? Right. And so, um, you know, I think, again, that this is normal. It's always normal. And you're, you're going to be excited. And, and look, if you followed your plan pretty close, mm-hmm. you're going you're gonna to your, finish your race. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's the reality of it. Um, you know, things that 
stop people from finishing the race are they didn't get the swim right mm-hmm. um, and nutrition. Yeah. Pretty much that kind of is it. Yeah. Um, the bike, typically people can muddle through the bike and the run is a run walk at that point, you know? And, yeah. and by the way, everybody walks on the run. By even the way, the pros. it will be a run walk for this guy. <laughs> <laughs> but even the pros walk. So it's yeah. not, you know, you, 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 you just have to be prepared for that. It's, it's just a long day, man. But yeah. that's another... We'll, we'll talk about that when you come back next yeah, week. Yeah, I think it's a good idea. One thing I will, the positive to this longer than planned taper for me is um, I am, I feel like I'm super prepared just yeah. in terms of, you know, the house is in order, right? right? I mean, I have the athlete guide printed out. Like, I've been through it. My gear is, it's in the garage laid out. All I got to do is pack it. Like, my bike is prepped. So, where I would have, probably not taking as much time doing that because I'd have it I'd have you know this hour workout right. or two hour workout here or there I've been trying to use that time to kind of refocus the energy towards yeah. still being in the race and what I mean by that is just if you can't train I think the best the best thing to do is just sort of stay in that use that time to stay focused on that goal because right. mentally you're just getting yourself prepared right and mon- honestly, it's just helped keep me from just going crazy from not doing nearly. I haven't ran in, I mean, I've ran probably an hour in three weeks. Yeah. So um, that's just another thing that I've been doing. And so if some, if during the taper, if you if you have struggles kind of getting through it and and kind of mitigating all the additional stress and all that, just refocus that time and attention to you know towards the towards the race you know yeah. just re just use that repurpose that time f- to do something else you know me i've you know i had to talk at tri shop and that right. that kept me kind of going towards the race which was nice and i have like i said i've just been getting things ready yeah so, um it was just a good thing to do well and and one of the and, and for you we, and we, we talked about it is not being able to get those workouts in yeah. has has made the the taper suck more because mm-hmm. um, you don't have that thing to get the energy out or to get the endorphins or to get the get get the get the crack you need you know mm-hmm. um, the other I, the, I, we were and kind of doing my research over the last couple of years and everything else there's two types of tapers there are two types of taperers let me say that there's the I'm going to stop doing anything taper and for two weeks I'm just putting my legs up which no Right. Or there's the I'm gonna get these last 25 hours worth of training in, mm-hmm. and really, you know, 25 hours this week. This is gonna help me get that last bit of push. Yeah. And I think that you know you got to find that middle ground. You, you want to lower your volume but increase your intensity. Mm-hmm. So you don't want to do a six hour ride. You want to do a three hour ride. But that three hour ride is gonna have some intervals in it. Yeah. You know, you don't want to do a two hour run. You want to do a one hour run, but with intervals. You want to do swims but with intervals you know and by the way you're seeing a, a trend here this is when we're picking up speed and we're starting to get a little faster and we're starting yeah. to get more race specificity if you're if you're doing a hilly course like um, Oceanside then your workouts that week should be hill repeats or you know that you know that type of thing yeah do, pushing do, watts on the trainers yeah yeah and, and start start getting those you know getting those two minute climbs in those three minute climbs in whatever those yeah. those are um, that's that's how you get everything kind of ready, but you lower that volume. Um, I've, you know, I was hearing about people right before Boston doing their last 20 miler of their eight Mm -hmm. and you're going, huh? Yeah. Well, that's good. You know, you can't walk now, but that's fine. You know, you, you, you want to lower that volume a lot, but that's, but that's how, that's how you get past these, these, these taper blues. Yeah. Um, or taper tantrums because you're getting, you're still, <laughs> yeah. you're still getting some of that energy out. But the key to this now is during this taper period, you have to eat properly. You still have to fuel like you're doing a six hour ride. Even if you're doing a three hour, you still have to eat along the, on the ride as if you're doing a six hour, you still have to eat afterwards and refuel. You have to keep that nutrition because honestly, outside of just healing the body, the taper is also where you fill in the gas tank. You're getting those glycogen stores in your liver. You're getting those glycogen stores in your body yeah. and your muscles. And and you have to that's that that is specifically for Ironman distance. That's critical because that's how you determine. I mean, we talked about this. You do a 15 hour Ironman, you're going to burn about 15,000 calories. If you are fully tapered, you're about 3,000 calories in the, in the bank, 2,500 to 3,000. That's what you. That's how you have to determine how you're going to finish this damn thing. Yeah, nutritionally. 
So um, I think that's another big part of it. And that's one of the common mistakes is, you know, people are trying to cut that last pound or whatever. It's like, oh, my goodness. Yeah, Monday night, first one of the first things I said, if you recall, was <clears throat> I have um, I had an athlete last year that decided they wanted to try to drop 10 pounds during the taper. And I'm like, no. Mm-mm. And um, they ended up having a terrible race because they ignored me. And, you know, they went on this, you know, they, they went from eating relatively clean, you know, chicken sandwiches and side salad or whatnot to just full on like grilled chicken salads or tons of fiber. And it's yeah. like, man, you are just, this is not what you want to be doing right, right now. It's like lower the fiber, like stock up on the carbs and the protein and don't throw anything extra on your body than, right. it, than, it, than it's used to because that's a recipe for so- stomach disaster. And that's exactly what happened. I made yeah. it through, but it wasn't ideal at all because yeah. right? they just shocked the system at the end. Um, what was I going to ask you, Mike? It was a question. Um, oh, the carb loading. So yeah. pretty common knowledge now, right? It's not about the meal the night before. The pasta dinner is not going so, to. Yeah, the pasta dinners are a really bad idea, yeah. actually. Um, if you want to have a grilled chicken breast with a side of pasta, fine. Right. But to think that you're going to go out there. So the race is Saturday. And if you think I'm going to go to Joe's Italian restaurant and have, you know, spaghetti and meatballs until I'm red in the face, you're nuts. Right. Carb loading is days before, yeah. not the night before. So I've been going a little carb heavy this whole week. It's Wednesday right now. Um, probably starting Monday is when I backed off, you know, the fat really and uh, more of the fiber stuff and just up the carbs and kept the proteins the same. But it's not about the night before, so don't. Don't do that, guys. You're just—it's just another way to screw up. Well, you you eat between 500 and 700 calories a meal, probably, right. yeah, give or take. I mean, depending yeah. on the person. Mine's about 600 calories. Yeah. A meal. So between five and 700 calories, your mix should be like 60% carb, 20% fat, 20% protein, maybe 25% protein, 55. You know, but but between those calories, you can only absorb and store and work so many calories. After that, mm-hmm. it becomes fat or useless or goes somewhere else. When you're adding pro, when you're adding carb, it's literally a hundred, maybe carbs yeah. extra. You get a great example Monday yeah. night. A, a piece of toast, an extra a banana. piece of bread, or yeah. something. Yeah, we're, we're not we're not saying you know they're not you're not going to top. What's topping you off is you've lowered your workload, you've lowered your need for glycogen, so your body starts storing it. Mm-hmm. It stores that, then it stores fat, and then you go from there. So that's kind of the thing. That uh, that myth is is and it's still in place. I mean, every marathon, yeah. every Ironman, everything has a there's pre-race a, dinner. There's a pre-race dinner down there. Yeah, and so they keep fostering it. It's yeah. amazing to me that these organizations you know why? That, no. you can sell tickets. Yeah, you twenty bucks or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, I actually just read this the other day, and I really thought this was interesting. Um, was eat protein every night before bed. Yeah. Um, and suggested like a Greek a Greek yogurt. Mm-hmm. I mean, twenty to twenty five calories of protein, or 25, 20 to twenty five grams of protein. Which, you know, I've never read that before. So I don't know. Never done it. So The only thing I've ever uh, read and I actually tried, I have it, have some of it in there, is I didn't read it just in generalities from a protein standpoint. But if you're good, your last thing you have should have casein protein in it, specifically because it's uh, slower to absorb protein, supposedly. Okay. So I bought some, and I don't remember to do it every night, but every once in a while I'll go in there and I'll make it strawberry-flavored so it actually tastes pretty good, yeah. and I'll just shake it up and have that. Yeah, I, I, I never heard of that before. What I've seen when I am more consistent with it, and I just forget, frankly, because I'll just go in there and we'll start chit-chatting and I'll just fall asleep. But when I, I sleep, I tend to sleep better. Oh. And then when I wake up, I don't feel hungry. Right. And by the way, I usually wake up ravenous, like right. I'm starving in the morning. Right. So. It's actually kind of a nice feeling to just get up and be able to, to just go get a glass of water and not feel like I'm going to eat my arm. So, <laughs> yeah, it's I like I like the protein idea, and Greek yogurt is another thing that I've had. I still think a nice ribeye right before bed is the way to go. Yeah, we talked about this. That's, that's probably going to be a problem. You think so? <laughs> I so, did have a so you're saying a leaner cut would be better? Than, yeah, maybe a filet. Yeah, a filet. Just yeah. a 12-ounce, yeah, though. Just a 12-ounce filet. Don't, yeah, don't, don't, make, don't play around with the eight. <laughs> Not nearly enough. <laughs> just makes me angry. 
So funny. Um, we went out for Mother's Day dinner Saturday night, and uh, Austin's like, "Can I get a steak?" And I said, "Yeah." And he goes, "All right, I'm getting the ribeye." Of course he is. Yeah. <laughs> so he's he's 13 and he knows that the ribeye is the cut, right? He's like, "Oh yeah, I want the one that tastes the best." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 16 ounces or something. Kid just mowed it down. Well, he's huge. It's a monster, man. He's a monster. You're not gonna be able to afford to feed him in the next two years. No, no. His mom was gonna have to step up her game. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. She does great. Um, all right. So, what else do we have on tape? Did well, I miss I, any points? I had another one about race day. Um, you, you still may feel sluggish, and and you can do a warm up. I mean, you you know, I was I was reading about some pros. They do. Like three hours before the race, they'll do a thirty-minute jog. Mm-hmm. But some just sleep. You know, I mean, you. Ha- yeah. This is where, this is where coaching and self-awareness comes in. I mean, because, you know, there's kind of a formula that I have to go through. But in all actuality, you can only taper once, maybe twice a year, um, because it's such a it's such a big change to the to the system. It's a shock to the system. And if you try to do it the next time, you're not going to taper quite as well. Um, if you try to t- taper, I mean, I had this conversation um, with another client again um, same client she I have her doing a three hour bike ride on Saturday um, she could do the open water swim with us what which is probably canceled um, and then a three hour bike ride afterwards and then she's got an Olympic race on Sunday well she's training for a half Ironman in eight weeks yeah not even that now six weeks um, and she's like I thought I thought you taper before races I said yes you do it's not a race. It's a training day. Right. And, 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 you know, you don't, you can't taper before every race. You can do a recovery week into a race, but that's not a taper. That's just recovering from the week before. Mm-hmm. Um, but you don't, you don't taper into races except for your A race. And you can only really handle two, two A races typically at, at the most. Um, it's actually easier if you put them closer together because you can, maintain your peak longer that way when going back to the seven to 10 days of, you know, you feel good and that sort of thing, you can actually keep everything kind of going from there. Right. Um, and almost treat that first day race like a workout and recover from it a little differently, um, and maintain it for a few weeks, but eventually it catches up to you. But the tapering three, four five, six times a year, you're not really tapering. You're just doing a recovery. Yeah, and that's workouts. why guys, when your coach says to, you know, there's only one, maybe two A races a year. That's why there's only one, maybe yeah. two A races yeah. a year because you can't effectively race tapered yeah. that many times in a year. So I have Texas now and Chattanooga, if I'm still upright in September, that's first of all, probably more than anyone needs to do. Yeah. But that's definitely more, that's, that's definitely the peak of what your body can pretty much handle right. from a load standpoint, a tapering standpoint. So when your coach says, when you ask, hey, can I throw in this half Ironman here? Or can I throw in, if you're a marathon, or can I throw in this extra half marathon? Sure, but it's a training day. Yeah. And you're not going to get a week of, you know, decreased load and increased intensity to taper yourself, to taper that into that race because you can't, you just can't do it. Yeah, it's a great key workout, actually. For sure. I mean, if you're yeah. doing a half Ironman, that's a great key workout. We one get a lot that, of metrics from that. You know, one thing you and I both agree on is we like people to race because uh-huh. it keeps them in that mindset, and it is, it's great benchmarking. Yeah. Right? So yeah. Uh, I love that, but they're not all a races, guys. You're not out there to try to win every time you go out there and race. Um, oh, you, you certainly can be, but just just you got to temper expectations again yeah, you know yeah. if you had a bad race because you're exhausted well that's well, yeah good you're Sorry. exhausted yeah, yeah. it's not an excuse it's reality yeah right yeah it's a reason it's not an excuse which is a huge difference that people don't really recognize right the, the difference <laughs> right. between a reason and an excuse but um you know you don't have to make an excuse when you go into something knowing ahead of time that it's yeah. not it's yeah. not the set the stated goal um all right so one last thing, Mike, that I want to talk about, and it's just because it's timely. What do you think, and I'm kind of spraying this on you. Great. Um, what do you think the most common race week mistakes people make are? A second guessing. Second guessing, did they, did they get enough workouts in? Uh, did they... Um, you know, is my nutrition right? Should I should I change that? Oh, my God. Um, yeah. you're, what's happening is you're going to go... 
immediately go to because you have more time you're not doing six hour rides on saturday mm-hmm. um you immediately go to the, the internet <laughs> uh the inter google webs and or you talk to other iron men well, what did you do oh what did mm-hmm. you do and then you immediately start second guessing your coach your training your plan your the, the second guessing is the biggest mistake of the and, I, and again i'm keeping this to the long course racer more so than the sprint and olympic um though they have those problems they're a lot short shorter lived um, but yeah, your long, your longer course racing, I think is well, they're shorter lived and they're less impactful, right? Yeah. Cause yeah. it doesn't, you're not out there for seven hours. And, and you can make mistakes too. in a sprint that you and, cannot make in an Ironman. Right. And you can make, and you can overcome mistakes in an Olympic that you can't, you know, yeah. so Ironman distance racing is a little different, but, um, I think that's the biggest mistake because then you start the demons that are coming because of your hormonal imbalance and all that stuff is, is really starting to rear its ugly head. Um, and it makes you, it, it makes you, it adds stress that's not necessary. And what that does is it hurts your race day performance because you've, you're adding this all day stress versus the stressor of exercise. Um, you know, one of the things I always tell people is you have a plan. I've had athletes come to me a, a month out from their race saying, Hey, what should I do? And I look at their race. And I'm like, I can't tell you anything different. Or they're two weeks out from or a month out from their race and they're doing a swim and their swim stroke is awful. And you're like, I said, well, you, you got a lot of things to fix, but I'm not going to tell you what they are. You don't need to yeah. worry about them now. You're, you're done. You're in, mm-hmm. you know, there's, this is what this, you are, what you are. Let's fix it when you get done, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's the thing you, you are what you are on race day. That's, you know, actually for an Ironman, probably about a month out, you are what you are. This is, this is what happened a month ago is that's about it. You're hazing the barn, like I said before. And you, you're, you're going to get a little sharper. You can get a little faster. You can get, there's little bits and dips and dobbles but in general you are what you are and if you're not ready then you're not gonna be ready with any amount of training or any you know nothing nothing's going to change between now and then on the taper so i think that's the biggest race week you know especially when you go to the uh the expo yeah well then you start seeing all this other stuff all these mm-hmm. supplements and all these foods mm-hmm. and, and you're like oh good lord you know hey i, I saw this uh this uh wasp venom extract should, mm-hmm. should i change my nutrition plan yeah no actually you shouldn't <laughs> yeah and if you want to grab that stuff to try it later great. yeah yeah i mean i think one of the things you said on monday when when i was presenting one of the, no- the notes that you added was super key which is you know your lo- your favorite local endurance shop, right. running store, triathlon store, whatever it is for us, this tri shop here, it is the expo. Yeah. You can go visit that store anytime you want yep. to. So don't spend an exorbitant amount of time walking through Ironman Village, right? Trying all the new stuff. And- go do your stuff, get your packet. If you want to make a quick round, great. You know, knock it out in an hour and go get off your feet. It's funny. I went to, I went to Kona last year um, to, to, to visit, not to race. But I was at the, I went to the Ironman Village, and I was really interested. And I wasn't racing, so I was really interested in like really Ironman villaging it. Mm-hmm. it. Took me about thirty minutes to get through. Saw Apollo, Apollo Ono. That was a high water mark. I mean, yeah. And then from that point on, it was like, huh, okay. Yeah, because guess and, what? That's the same bunk breaker bar you can get exactly on Amazon or at and, your and, store. You know, they had the Scott. The Scott bikes were out there. They had this really cool. I can't remember who, whose bike it was. It was really cool, cool setup. Yeah. But really, I mean, you had the Cervelo over here, the Zips over here, the profile design over here, and I'm like, huh, all the stuff I see in my local tri shop. You know, so I think that's the other part to this. Um, the, the the village is not a big deal. Um, go in, go out. Don't do massages. Don't. Um, don't do e-stimulation. Don't do Norbitech boots. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't do any of that stuff the day before the race if you haven't been doing that this whole time. Yeah. You want to go? You want to check it out afterward? The, the village will be there. You know. Yeah. I mean, you can go check it out afterwards. Matter but. of fact, those all those things that he just mentioned, maybe except for the e-stim because that may hurt. Um, I would definitely try to hop into that stuff the, the after the race, but not before if you no, haven't been doing it before. No. You still want to stay sharp. You still want everything to be kind of. You actually, you're, you're I, I, the 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 best analogy is you're kind of like a bow and arrow. If you get a massage three days before you're num- number one, if you get a hard massage, you're going to tear up everything that was healed. So that's not a good, good move. But if you get an easy massage and relax everything, well, now you're a noodle. You got to keep that edge a little bit. Just, a, I mean, you, you, you want the, the muscles to be taut like a bow and arrow. You don't want, you know, when it's hanging on its own, it's not too tight, but it's still tight. Mm-hmm. But if you loosen that bow, it's just going to hang off to the side and won't be as good. So, that, you know those recovery type those recovery things you need to try those along the way see what works what doesn't um, recovery tights recovery boot, you know the yeah. calf sleeves all that stuff so yeah so um, 
What's, give me one more. One more what? One more thing that people commonly make mistakes of. Changing things up, especially nutrition, that's just a nightmare. Well, I think, I, I think, I think. Spending too much time on your feet. Oh, that, I think that's the second one. Oh, trying to get, so this is a big stressor for, specifically, for, again, for Ironman distance. Trying to do too much with that extra time and not recovering. So, for example, all right, so you're going to, let's say, Coeur d'Alene. So now you got to figure out getting your family out there, getting everybody checked in. You got to get your bike up there. You got you need to have, and there's something you have to set way in advance. But you need to make a plan and have other people execute that for you. Agreed. If you have a wife, girlfriend, boyfriend, husband, uh, sister, mother, have someone else do all that planning and get that stress taken out of your life. If you have stressful people in your life. Do not invite them to come. Oh, my God, please. Don't invite 20 people to come to your Ironman. When when I was doing mine, I had everybody wanting to go, and I said, no, my wife, that's it. I've got I've got friends that I've been training with that were all in the same mindset. They've got their families, and they, were, mm-hmm. they had a big house. It was, it was very cool. But I said, nope, I want Leanne there. That's it. Because, man, she, I mean, number one, she, she's been through this whole thing, and she wasn't going to miss it for the world. But number two is, you know, I love my mom. She's a saint. Mm-hmm. Love my dad. He's a saint. Those two people got to that race. I would kill everybody before I got to the finish line. So, yeah. you know, and it's just because, you know, they're, they're, they're wanting to help and be helpful, but it just wouldn't, it wouldn't work out that way. And, and, and I know that. Um, so kind of, again, be self-aware. Everyone wants to go. Everyone wants to be there. Get that. But there's also the thing called the inner Google webs <laughs> and it'll show you going across the finish line, have them have a text of your, of your Sherpa, and the Sherpa will say, hey, they're coming across the, the video, the, the line, here's the IP address or the Earl, and there you go. So Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, kids too. I hate saying it because I love having my kids there. It's a horrible day for a kid. But oh my God, um, the stre- and the stress leading up to it because mm-hmm. you don't want to, you don't, you know, Canada, for example. Uh, Austin and Allie were there. I, it was a, awesome. I'm glad they were there, but kids want to be entertained mm-hmm. especially when you're in Whistler Canada and there's an awesome playground down in the village and it's a, there's an ice cream shop right there but we're a quarter half mile away from there yeah without you know we're not walking in each time and we're not driving in each time so it's just a lot of added stress yeah. and it puts you on your feet more and um, yeah I agree just have someone else take care of that for you like yeah, be, and be aware of that on the travel stuff you nailed it on that one too um, it, I hate, this is an overused cliche, but it's so true when it comes to travel races. It does take a village. Yeah. I mean, it is a pain in the ass to find a place to stay, make the airline reservations, the car rental, figure out how you're going to get your bike there. Try to, you know, as an athlete, handle your bike and see if you can get somebody to help handle everything else yeah. for you. Tell them what schedule you want to use. You know, have them help you because it's uh, it does... You just don't want to deal with those people either. Yeah, you know, and, and it, it's, it's 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 a waste. It's a waste of stress. Yeah, that you, you're already going to have enough stress. Don't add to it. Yeah. All right, so we're right at an hour um, already. Nailed it. Yeah, well, we're at 50 minutes, so I'm kind of lying to you, but that's close <laughs> enough. Uh, we will. Uh, are you coming down? We'll discuss it. Okay. Like put him on the spot again. Um, we will holler at you next week. So a couple things, guys. Uh, check out the link on octane-athletics.com for Gatorade Endurance. Again, it's available at Amazon.com. Getting good feedback from getting it through that channel. Um, some of your local running stores will have um, some of the stuff, and that'll be convenient if you need something last minute. But Amazon, for a lot of people, would deliver same or next day. Um, so use that link for um, the purchase of Gatorade Endurance uh, use that link for all your Amazon needs. It gives us a couple pennies back if you do use our link. Um, but the good thing about that link is it does directly direct you right to the Gatorade page, so you don't have to go searching for it. Uh, to, I just rigged it up so it takes you right to it. Um, check out dfwtriclub.com for where you can find Mike and I coaching uh, and 10 other coaches for that matter. We've got a great crew. Um, upcoming races for Dallas athletes. You have the Disco Triathlon coming up. It's a really fun race. It's in June. Wounded Warrior Half Marathon. As Wounded well. Warrior Half Marathon. On Flag Day, which is my birthday, just so you guys know. Oh, so. Well, I'm going to say it again. Happy birthday, Mike. Yeah, just, I like to keep that up there. 
Um, Feel free to send me gifts. And by the way, oh yeah, I always send my gifts. He loves gifts. Um, Derek Mitchell, who's been on the podcast with us, he's actually coming to Dallas to run nice. that 5K. It's one of the ones he's doing this year. So uh, he'll be around, and hopefully we can get him to come hang with us a bit because I'm sure some of the folks from the club will be there. Uh, and then finally, I just wanted to thank uh, Trent and Raul from TriShop for letting me do the presentation for uh, Race Recon on Ironman Texas and in Galveston, too. I did that one a few weeks ago. Those are super fun to do. Uh, those guys, if you're local to Dallas-Fort Worth or you travel into Dallas and you're a triathlete, go check out that the Tri Club up in Plano. Um, they're not a sponsor, but um, I love that place. And the Tri really, Shop. Yeah, the Tri Shop. Is that what I said? You said Tri Club. Oh, Jesus. Tri Shop, Plano, Texas on Windhaven. Um, there's only one Tri Shop on there Windhaven. Is, there is only one Tri Shop in town, I believe. Yeah. But anyway, what I love about the place is, yes, they have everything that we need, but the great thing about it is the folks there are super, super cool, easy to work with. They're not going to pressure you, uh, and they know their stuff. They're all athletes themselves. Uh, hell, they have the... Uh, USAT coach of the year from last yeah, year working yeah. there um, so these guys know what they're doing and that's why I wanted to take a few minutes and just thank them for putting up with my knuckleheaded ass and helping me try to do this these crazy things because without them I don't know how, how well I do so special thanks to those boys um, anyway we will holler at you uh, next week probably around the same time get to hear all about how Saturday goes for me. Hopefully it'll be a good day. I think it will be uh, between now and then. I hope you guys have a good time and have a good weekend. See ya.